Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Actually, good afternoon. Afternoon. Uh, we're taping this on Thursday afternoon. Uh, I was able, our bank closed at one o'clock. I guess you closed when you wanted to close. That's true. And so we went ahead and taped it Thursday afternoon, not knowing what power would be like, not knowing what you know might happen overnight with tree limbs falling, that sort of thing. So we're going to go ahead and knock this out. Recording Thursday afternoon, but we will put it out Friday morning. Thursday afternoon, we're putting out Friday morning, but you're right, Derek. We uh, Ice Death 2022. We didn't know exactly what it was going to be like. Derek, you and I were born in the 70s, but kids of the 90s, and uh, our music, Vanilla Ice, <laughs> Ice Ice Baby, 90s kids, 90s babies, top 15. Oh, yeah. How big was that song when it came out? The fact that we had no idea that they were ripping, you know, Queen off. Uh, but uh, well, At the time, no. Uh, right. was not being sued yet. We right. did. We do know that um, Suge Knight took all his money. Oh, wow. We do know that. After That's why he's fact, flipping houses, too. Yeah. <laughs> after that, Suge Knight came to him and said, hey, man, um, yeah, if you're going to want that song or if you want to work ever again, you're going to have to give me the rights to that and basically strong-armed him to uh, turn those over to I, him. I was unaware of that. And uh, yeah, so he no longer owns the rights to Ice Ice Baby, which is why he is flipping houses. What a classy guy, that Suge Knight. I mean, you know. Yeah, well, that's, that's one guy, you, yeah, he will, he'll straight up murder you. So therefore, you probably just want to turn your stuff over. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Death Row Records, I mean, literally. I mean, literally that's, Death that's Row Records. Part of his uh, biography for sure. Yeah, so definitely not a, a producer that you can trust, uh, Suge Knight. Uh, just go down that wikipedia page and learn who that might be suge knight of course but let me tell you about a top producer in desota county when it comes to residential real estate i'm speaking about our 2022 presenting sponsor mr brian couch brian couch and terry thomas and their team at team couch at birch realty group possess over 65 years of combined real estate experience they are the number one residential real estate team in desota county for the last 13 years they were recently named DeSoto County's best realtor for the fourth time. They're currently offering a free, no obligation market analysis. All they need is your address. Give them your address. They can tell you all about what's going on in your neighborhood, what's going on in your zip code, what's going on on your street. Brian and Terry can tell you how long houses have been on the market, how fast they close. Nobody possesses better analytics when it comes to the DeSoto County real estate market than Brian Couch and Terry Thomas with Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. If you prefer to uh, stay on the couch during the ice storm and look for a new house, you can do that at teamcouch.com. Again, that's teamcouch.com. You can search all throughout the Mid-South right there for your new home. Give Brian and Terry a call today. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. I want to continue to thank our 2022 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right Shop, the number one barbecue shop in DeSoto County. How to Barbecue Right Shop, located right here in Hernando at 496 Whitfield Drive. This store has everything a person needs for crawfish, barbecue, and any other kind of outdoor cooking. 
Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or some of the coolest high-end smokers on the market, Malcolm's Shop is definitely your place. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right YouTube videos, you need to stop by his shop today. Find more information on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm's Shop. Give him a call locally at 912-9947. Visit his website, howtobbqright.com. That's howtobbqright.com. But the best experience you can have when it comes to the number one barbecue shop in DeSoto County is to visit the How to Barbecue Right shop located at 496 Whitfield Drive right here under the water tower. We will continue to remind the listeners that uh, you're hearing this on Friday morning. However, we are recording on Thursday afternoon just to stay ahead, uh, be safe uh, when it comes to coming into the How to Barbecue Right Shop studios in case it's uh, about 18 degrees and uh, ice all over the roads in the morning. So we're going to record this on Thursday. Uh, most of our podcast listeners uh, know Derek and myself personally. Uh, Derek is a guy that prides himself in staying in shape, staying healthy. Derek, is there a go-to food for you? When it gets below, when it gets below freezing, when it gets really cold, do you have a, a go to food that's kind of a comfort food for you that you maybe like? Okay. I'll just go ahead and break a little, little behind the scenes. If it gets below forty five degrees, the Crane household um, is having taco soup. Okay, uh, we do we do taco soup. Yeah, I mean taco soup comes out li- literally. I say forty five to heck with that. If it gets below fifty five, well, wintertime is is always the it's the crock pot season. Yeah. So, I mean, we rotate between red beans and rice. Anything in a crock pot basically is winter food. And then for morning, always, always warm oatmeal. I mean, absolutely. When I wake up, cold, go work out, come back in. I mean, like warm oatmeal with some peanut butter and a little banana. Just fantastic. Well, that sounds uh, okay. Interesting. Uh, well, Derek, it's our first Friday show of February, which means we just had an Alderman meeting two nights ago. Tell us about the Alderman review from the meeting just two nights ago. First of all, again, let's set the date. It's going to run through them real fast. Arbor Day, February 11th, a Water Tower Festival, September 24th, the Christmas Parade for the City of Hernando, December 5th, A Fair, Arts and Crafts Fair in Hernando, May 21st. They actually added two on the same day. The DeSoto County Board of Supervisors is proclaiming Earth Day, April 23rd, so the square will be closed for that. And then Arts Council the same day will be closing Memphis Street on April 23rd from, I think, 2 to 6 and that will be for their uh, arts festival that to go to coincide with Earth Day. That'll go down the street. Everybody will have like a tent set up, basically from the square all the way down Memphis Street. So again, those six. So mark those dates. There's five dates for six events. Go ahead and put those on your calendar. Next, uh, the approval. I didn't have this highlighted, Matt, but this actually had a probably I don't know a 15-minute uh, conversation and then a very contentious vote. Hello. So this was the approval of the update Park Pavilion reservation application. So I said, okay, we're just approving anybody that wants to run out uh, the Conquer Park Pavilion. Okay. You know, they were just kind of doing it for another year, right, setting it up. Yeah. Well, the new park director came in and said, yeah, we're no longer going to allow water balloons, uh, pop-up shops, no more food trucks, or anything like that to be at Conquer Park privately. He added all these. Now, the water balloons, of course, is for litter. I mean, you have yeah, of course. a couple of people, kids throwing them popular. all, chasing yeah. them. You know, there's like little pieces of balloon everywhere. Uh, also, confetti. Confetti was already in there, actually. He, he did mention, but reemphasized no more confetti because that actually gets in the lawnmower blades, the lawnmower sure. strings. Yes. And so, you know, he just, but the pop-up shops and the food trucks were the biggest contention. And that was with uh, Alderman to Andrew Miller. He said, look, every September... We do a citywide fundraiser. It's like a garage sale where we ask the community to come out to support all the vendors. And we, you know, put it on. We allow food trucks. We allow pop-up tents and stuff like that. And now we're telling individuals they cannot do it privately. I don't think that's right. I mean, he said, you know, we're doing it's, it's one another way they can say, well, y'all do what y'all want to do for yourselves, but then you, you restrict us. Rules for thee, not for me, is what he's saying. Right. 
And what the parks director said was like, well, I understand that. However, when you do a private event, you're not renting out the whole park. Correct. You're only renting out the pavilion. Correct. And so if you're bringing in food trucks or pop-up tents or stuff like that for your private pavilion event, they take up multiple parking spaces for kids that may just want to come on the po- and play on the playground. And so unless there's a way to run out the entire park for a private event, which I don't know how much that would be, sure. you know, we just – we kind of discourage these things so other people can still come enjoy the other smaller pavilion at the park or the actual playground itself or the amphitheater in the back or, what, or the walking trails or whatever, and they're not being tied up with no parking spaces. And so there was a lot of, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, if you go watch it, if you want to, a lot of back and forth. So they ended up. Hey, real, I'm sorry to jump. Yeah. What is this event? I, I, is there a reason I don't know? Sorry. Yeah, it's called, it's like the citywide sidewalk sale or something. It, okay. It's uh, I, it's it's right maybe the weekend after Labor Day. It's always like right in the right at the beginning of the fall. Yeah, it's like it's like weekend event where they just come out and the city throws they make they cook hot dogs and okay. they have food trucks and they have like games and events and stuff. It's just a you know it's kind of a community I got you. day. I gotcha. Uh, so it's a pretty cool thing. But that's you know but now they're still allowed to do that. But you know the point is is that the city has the like it's Correct. blocked off. Correct. The yeah. entire park is blocked. The city is using their park to do what they want for that particular day. Right. So but privately you can't you can't run out the entire park. Sure. Of course. Um. So Anyway, that's it. Went back and forth. So they went to a vote. Uh, there was a motion. There was a second, right. and the second took a little while to get, but they, it, they did get it. Uh, and then it went to a roll call vote. It passed four to three. Okay, it passed four to three for the new parks director to so those get what he said. Those restrictions to begin. Those restrictions are now in place. So if you run out the pavilion. Okay. For a party, for a birthday party, whatever, it can be no water balloon fight. You can't have like water balloons to deal with it. You cannot ha- bring in a food truck for the party. You cannot put up a tent of any kind of thing or set up anything for that event that you're trying to sell something out of. Uh, and you know, there's several other restrictions, but those were the ones that were mostly discussed. So uh, anyway, that passed four to three. Next, uh, something else that we did not cover uh, on Tuesday was the approval for the police department to transfer a canine dog to Coahoma County for a dollar. You're thinking, okay, that's a pretty cool thing. The, the canine, by the way, his name is Groot, which okay. is awesome. Sure. Um, Guardians so, of the Galaxy, everybody. That's right. But I mean, it's just fantastic name, Groot. They wanted to sell Groot to Coahoma County for a dollar. Groot is an older dog, but still probably has about two or three years left of service. The dog that Coahoma had was very old and was now basically, when he was asked to go search or do something, he was basically lying down on the job, literally lying down on the job. <laughs> And so was not getting the job done. So Coahoma County, of course, this is not, you know, this is the whole county itself. They said, look, Hernando's doing a nice thing. It's a favor. Hey, we'll give you this dog for a dollar. Now, Alderman Ford, Chad Wicker was like, well, how much do we pay for the dog originally? It was $4,900. So $4,900 is how much we paid for Groot. And now he's done his service for DeSoto County. He's got a couple years left. Hernando recently purchased a new dog for $11,000. So we've been working on new dogs. We've had two dogs. And so, you know, that's why the police chief said, hey, look, we can give them a favor and give them this dog for a dollar, give them a couple more years of service before they're going to have to figure out something else. Well, Chad Worker was upset that we spent 4900 and we're not getting more for the dog, which I can understand that point. But I think it's more of a municipality helping another municipality out. And so, you know, there was a little conversation. I think that my point that was not brought up, that there's a lot of times in the past where we have had old cars or old city equipment, vehicles, equipment. right? Any kind of any kind of city vehicle, like a old Tahoe that maybe a, one of the uh, department heads use, a truck or whatever. And we've sold it to other municipalities literally for a dollar. I mean, I've seen that on here before where we say, okay, yeah, we're going to give it, or maybe it's a car, maybe it was 500 I mean, very, very obviously under what retail or wholesale would be. And we've done that for many municipalities across the state now that, you know, they may have 150,000, 200,000 miles on it, but the car was still running. It was still right, fine. Sure. And we did it for a dollar. 
why would a dog be any different? Right. I mean, it's just it's a service of the city. And, you know, it did go to vote, passed six to one, to be able to sell Groot to Coloma County uh, Sheriff's Office for a dollar. So good luck to Groot in his new job. Next, Jared Barkley uh, to sign an agreement for energy to install wood poles and LED lights for $2,135. Uh, it was passed, but there will have to be a budget amendment done. Right. So Andrew Miller was like, look, we got a bunch of stuff. We've been approving that like 2000 here, 3000 there. We do have some contingency. Next meeting, he wants to see everything right now that we know looks like it's going to go over budget. Go ahead and get that approved and amend those budget next meeting. Mayor said that he would do that. Next uh, was the proposed agreement with Kimway Horn, PLA, for the master planning of the Renaissance Park. Uh, this is the long-range park planning. It is not budgeted to pay, go ahead and start paying the you know, fee to allow them to start designing that. And so this is when the mayor again said, hey, look, we're $140,000 over what we have projected for revenues already mm-hmm. this year, only about uh, you know four months in. So you know we should have enough. So that's why, and that's when Andrew said, okay, yes, we need to look at this next time. So it was approved to go ahead and let them start uh, the long-range plan. Uh, it was noted that they're the person who has been de- they've been dealing with has children in the parks department that they're local. However. That's not the reason they got the agreement. It was because not only are they local with kids and the thing, but they're also very highly qualified, uh, had a good price, and so they want to make sure they got that on record. Next was approval for resolution for the pennies of the park. I want to make sure I get this right. So this is, we've talked about this. They had to write it. They had to get it approved by the legislature. So state representative, our state representative for Hernando, or this area of Hernando, Jerry Darnell, is going to have an attorney draft the resolution. Uh, if, if it was approved last night, well, on Tuesday night by the board, which it was, uh, he was going to have them draft it. Then the city, our city attorney, Stephen Pittman is going to review it. And as long as everything looks good, it looks fine. Then the attorney is going to be the one to submit it to the house first. So Jerry Darnell will present it at the house representatives. Hey, this is a bill. Hernando wants to do this. And if it passes the house, then it will go to Mike McClendon in the Senate. And then McClendon will, you know, Offer it up on the Senate side and committee to get it to the floor, hopefully for a vote. And that's the process that it goes. Now, again, they need to have it by the 15th, which they did approve it. So it looks like it's, that will have time to get down there. I think they have to have it approved or out of committee by the 23rd and then, you know, for a vote. And that's kind of the timeline we're looking. Now, the mayor said, look, we, we're hoping for this. There is one thing that's going to be required. Whatever the attorney writes for the length of the tax so let's say he says for the next four years you know the, there'll be a, a city tax for the people in Hernando to vote on if he says seven years if he says eight years whatever length of time he picks the only way that Mike McClendon said he would you know vote for it or, or push to go through and maybe even Jerry Darnell wasn't sure about Jerry Darnell but definitely Mike McClendon had reiterated to him look I'll support this but when it expires we're not going to do what South Haven has done and let it just automatically roll over. We're going to, it's going to have to come before the citizens to vote again to keep the tax in place. So that's the only way he's going to support it. So if, you know, so we'll see what the timeline says. We, we haven't seen the wording yet. It hasn't been finalized. We had to, they had to get it approved. But once it's written, if it's a, you know, with, for the next four years, it can be a tax for city parks, then that's fine. Uh, after four years, then we'll have to look to vote on it again. Uh, the other key part of the uh, bill will say, only for city parks. Most other cities do city parks and tourism. Ours is only going to say city parks because we don't want any of the money spent on anything else or anybody to find a loophole to be able to use it for anything else other than city parks. So that's what a little different will look like for the Hernando bill uh, are those two things. So again, it was talked about, discussed. It was approved. The timeline on this will be based on what also what the attorney puts in there, the attorney that Jared Darnell is hiring that have written several of these for other cities. 
these a summer would be, would be better because it gives you more time. However, in the summertime, um, you know, people are out of town, and so people may miss. What a do vote. you mean a summer? Like a, a summer vote, like summer have vote. a special okay. a special election just for the pennies for the parks. This wouldn't go into the November election. That's then? the other option, right? Right. So you know, the summer gives them more time. November, of course, people will be back in town, but you lose half a year on getting everything set up in place, getting the tax set up in place, that sort of thing. But you also, the city also has more time to sell its vision. That's right. Sell its drawings, sell its renderings of what things could go to, and you're going to get a better turnout versus a special election. All right, and so that's, again, it's going to be, they're going to get their input to what they would like to see, but it's up to whatever the attorney writes because, you know, there's not a lot of, I mean, he's written several of these. They want to make sure it passes, so the best language, wording, whatever, to get it through both houses uh, is the most important thing. So, Hey, hey what would be considered tourism in Hernando, you think? I mean, what is that? No, I know that's a good. I thought about that watching yeah. it. I was like, maybe is that maybe giving money? I mean, because the the a fair or something. Maybe, maybe the a fair, the you know museum, but that's owned by the county, right? Um, you know, so I, I don't. I'm not sure. Actually, it's not owned by the county. It's struggling, leased by the county, but um, struggling podcast fund. That you know, we, we could promote tourism. There's multiple thing. podcasts. I mean, I mean there's, there's multiple. There's, multiple po- there's a lot of podcasts in Hernando now. <laughs> I mean, there are several to go around. Um, we so could just one just big, split, like a big, split them up. Just a pot split, to split like it up. Like a fund? Like a fund? Yeah, like a fund. Um, but it was approved, so we'll see again. Now it goes down there. Be paying attention. As soon as we have the bill number, of course, you'll hear it on this podcast. Um, next, approval for Mayor Johnson to sign a contract for the Sally Port. Now, only the design at this point. To be designed, yes. Only the design. This is not being built. This is not being uh, priced out or anything. Just to pay for the design to see approximately how much it could be. Uh, budgeted for this is 300 and I think they said 350,000 right now. It looks like it's going to cost 319 from what the police chief has, his research has shown, but again, got to design it first. Once they design it, then they'll try to price it. Once they price it, then they'll bid it out. But we're a long way from that. So again, just the design was approved or to have it designed was approved on Tuesday night. Derek, since we're just real quick, staying with the theme of the show from earlier, uh, the song Sally, that's a jam. Mm. That's so <laughs> an awesome song. That girl, not, yes, that Sally. Girl. That girl. I'm gonna tell you. That's a go. Go find that song. Well, ride Sally, ride. Uh, there you go. That's another one. Ride, also ride Sally. Sally. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Great there song. You go. Great song. Mustang Sally. Yeah, it's a great Mustang one. Sally, yeah. But uh, man, yeah. Look at all the songs with Sally in it right there. A lot of okay. Sally's. A lot, a lot of, of Sally's. Sally's. Go. May have to add that to the old uh, at the end of the may, show. Maybe here. yeah. Pay attention to the end of the show for a very very <laughs> uh, quality song with the word Sally in it. Pay attention. Uh, to that next. Was to all right. This is again a lot of this. I was you know thinking okay. This is a this is straight through. Another I guess disagreement was I wasn't disagreement. This is the alderman really hammering uh, people that come and put in wiring and stuff for different companies. Lee Germany, the Public Works Department, wanted to sign an agreement with Us Locates LLC, which is a subcontractor to perform the city's water and sewer locates. So every time somebody comes in like wants to lay, like uh, Xfinity yeah, sure. or C Spire wants to come in. The city has to come and mark, you know, you see them, the flags and the, the spray paint and everything. Well, every time we do that. Those guys look happy. Uh, uh, well, that's, well, <laughs> we found out Tuesday night they're not because they're quitting constantly. Is it us logistics or are U.S.? Yes. Uh, it's, well, it may be U.S., but it's, it's us locates. Us locates. Us yeah. locates LLC. Yeah. And so the city has, you know, they've had internal people to do this over and up. They keep quitting. Like, yeah. Literally cannot keep them in. They quit. They'll be out there two weeks. They quit. So finally, he's like, look, man, let's just subcontract this out. That's what he's trying yeah, to sure. do. So a good idea, but there's a couple problems that the alderman pointed out. Number one is that it's $49,000 for the rest of the year. Okay. That's just through September 30th. So now if you obviously 
we're a little, you know, about right at halfway. So if that's true, that's about $100,000 that's going to have to be added to the budget next year if the uh, utility department still wants to keep personnel or keep the personnel, you know, how many people is that there. typically personnel? How many? Two guys, four yeah, guys, but six I think, guys. I think it was like two to three is what they were using around the city. Uh, he says they do like hundreds of locates per month, especially in the summertime. Right. Uh, now, this time of year is not as bad, but in the summertime, it's really, it's like, I think $900 every locate is what it costs them internally. And so now this is kind of, you know, so now for $49,000, it's kind of a set price. So they were upset about the cost of it, having to already budget it for next year. The other issue was, they get they have no liability. Mm-hmm. So Andrew Miller, I guess, you know, they, he did his work study. And he said, let me ask you a question. He said, if you hit something or you mark something wrong and they hit something, who's liable? And they said, well, we do a good job. We, we've been doing this for years and we've never, you know, we've had 4,000 jobs and have not had anything hit. He said, that's not my question. My question is who's liable? And he said, I mean, we, you know, we do a good job and go out there. And he's like, that's my question. This is us, legit, us locators. Yeah, this, the guy's there. And he's like, who's liable? He said, are y'all liable? Are you going to pay for that if they hit it? And you marked it, and they obviously followed your mark, and they still hit something? And he said, no, sir, it goes back on you. <laughs> so, this, so they have no liability. They're getting $49,000 from the city. And because they said, like, if – Just to, 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 do, to do their job correctly, which they do a to, vast majority of right, the time. Right. However, the time that they don't do the, the job correctly, oh, sorry. Yeah, you're, you're, so the oh, well. city is now out, you know, a few to ten, tens of thousands of dollars trying to create whatever water line or sewer line – or a gas line was hit uh, because it was marked incorrectly. So, but he said, he said, look, if if we were held liable, we we could never get insurance. Right. So anyway, that's they went back and forth. They they did approve it, but again, information I did not know, uh, and we will now be having to pay forty nine thousand dollars for the rest of the year. Did they uh, approve? They approved it to work with them. Yeah, they approved so they it to work. Approved with them. Yes, Andrew. Work, he, Andrew asks sometimes the best questions. No, no. Look, you know he does saying? his research. I mean, he, he does. He does. But he, I, I wouldn't have thought about that. Some people nope. didn't think about that. All of a sudden, boom! He asked a question that makes total sense. You know, I, I picture him asking a question and people just turning their head towards the people that are standing at the podium because it's like, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> but once so you realized he had asked, like you know, because you hear him ask a question, I'm like, okay, that's a, okay, I understand. And when you hear the guy dodge it once, yes, yes. and then he asks it again, and the guy dodges it again, it's like, oh, this is not going to be a good answer. And so it was, it got pretty. It was like, yeah, we no, we don't. <laughs> Very interesting. Okay. <laughs> the last thing was um, the approval to upgrade the indoor lighting again. Hey, something I was like, okay, whatever. There was a woman that actually brought this and said, hey, look, we could save money in the city if all of our lights in all the city buildings are turned to LED lights. You know, there's an upfront cost, obviously, but in one at 1.8 years, you would get the money back and then literally start saving for the rest of, you know, the, the life of those lights and that sort of thing. And so, you know, very good. They had the breakdown of the numbers. They seem to be pretty happy with that. So not only are we getting new lights out of the baseball fields, we're now going to be getting new lights inside the buildings now chad wicker also made he said look we did this for the county we or you know this is something we didn't look at i think it's a great idea however we put in our order 18 months ago and still don't have the lights mm, wow. so it may be it may be a minute before the lights get here uh and, but and, and for listeners that don't know chad wicker runs the county jail for right. uh the sheriff right so he's very familiar with i mean i would assume that there's a lot of lights that would have been you know needed to change and stuff so they're but still, still looked at numbers and, and judged yeah, I mean, so once they do get the lights it will make sense the city they did approve to go ahead and move forward with that but it may be a few months before we get those lights 
Well, Derek, thanks for uh, deep diving into the Alderman meeting from uh, this past Tuesday. We really, really appreciate that. And thank you to the mayor and board of Alderman and all the people that have to be there uh, the first and third Tuesday of each month. We really appreciate you guys working through, uh, coming through the city business. Uh, good, bad, agree, disagree. Uh, we definitely uh, really will always uh, praise you here on the ETW podcast for uh, serving the city. Well, Derek, uh, our artwork, our, our show on Tuesday, uh, please go back and listen to that episode. We talked quite a bit about, uh, we joked quite a bit about uh, Afro Man possibly having the state song for the state of Mississippi. So uh, most people who know, uh, know who Afro Man is or know the jokes there that we do make about that. Speaking of Afro Man, Derek, tell us, state legislature finally passed what we've talked about since our first show in 2022. Tell us about it. Well, Matt, we now have medical marijuana in the state of Mississippi. Yep. Uh, and it was signed begrudgingly, and that's the way it was that's written. That's what he said. That's what he said. He begrudgingly signed the bill they said basically said it was right i think that wednesday night it would have you know gone to effect without a signature so he went ahead and did sign it uh but he said it he did it because he still was not happy with the he wanted 2.8 and it was three uh there's a couple other things in there that he still didn't like but it was you know better than what it started with and said that he really pushed for it etc uh, hey if you're one of the growers isn't one of the first names of your marijuana in the state of mississippi something about Tate Reeves. Is it not? I mean, Reeves it, leaves. Oh, good one. That's, a, that's a really good one. And hey, and it's 2.8. Make it 2.8. That's what he wanted. <laughs> Even though it's three. It, it doesn't matter. matter. That's it. Yeah, and Reeves that one, something like that. You can play off his name. I mean, he's got a, that, that's a real, Reeves leaves. I, I really, really like uh, that one. Uh, maybe onto something uh, there, but uh, somebody's going to steal our idea. That's, yeah. that's a done deal. Or, or you Tate, can have it. Tate's Tokes. Or Reeves Tates, Tokes, okay, Tates, yep. Tokes, Reeves, Leaves. Yep. We'll figure out some more and come up with those uh, for our show on Tuesday. <laughs> but if I was one of those growers, that would be one of the first things I would do, name it after the governor. Now, we did say we we're going to kind of find out how this works. So I, I did a couple of things I want to read out here uh, that goes along with this. So the bill calls for the State Department of Health to begin accepting applications, registering, and licensing ID cards and practitioners within 120 days. So four months from now, got to get that done. After 120 days, the department is required to begin licensing and registering cannabis cultivation facilities, processing facilities, testing facilities, research facilities, disposal, and transport operations. So 120 days to register everything, and then after that, start registering the stuff that... So the first 120 will be registering the doctors, the practitioners, that sort of thing. After that, the the next eight or four months will be to start uh, registering everybody that's growing it, processing it, sending it out. So it's at least eight months before you'll see it. Now, uh, after 150 days, so that's that's the Department of Health doing all that side of it. After five months, after 150 days, the Department of Revenue is supposed to begin licensing and registering dispensaries. So this is what we talked about before. We weren't quite sure. Within 30 days of receiving applications or within 30 days after the initial 150 days, whichever is the later date. So it's going to be at least six months before dispensaries will start uh, receiving licenses in order to do that. So we're a good six to eight months away before you're going to be seeing anything uh, related to medical marijuana, which puts you right at the October, November timeframe. The dispensaries have to be a thousand feet or more from churches, schools, those kind of things. The usual that, stuff. Yeah, so that's the usual stuff. So yes, they will be separate locations. They will be basically you know, quote unquote retail stores for this, but it will have to be you know in very limited parts of the town and because of the, the thousand feet, because most towns in Mississippi have a church basically in every other sure. corner. Well, I mean, Derek, I like to think of the, the a thousand feet from the church. That's where the centers are. 
That's what. That's right. You know, that's right. Th- just, yeah, just outside th- that. Yeah, just a thousand like a feet. If you're a thousand feet from a church, that's where the sinners sin. You sin. That's it. That's it. Sinners. You, you sin right there. That's it. <laughs> uh, so uh, that has to be done. And again, cities and counties can still opt out. Yep. Uh, the law requires all medical cannabis used in Mississippi to be grown and processed in state. I like it. Can't can't be transported. Can't, uh, you know what? If they redid. Uh, Smoking the Bandit yep, with weed. Go. Oh, no, there you go. Smoky. Smoky. <laughs> Smoky. So the earliest availability of it to patients is still, again, months away. So we're, we're, we're thinking that October, November time frame, if everything falls as it should. Now, I want to go one more time on who can receive it. The law, this law that is now signed, allows people to receive medical marijuana for more than two dozen debilitating conditions, cancer, epilepsy, Parkinson's disease, Huntington's disease, muscular dystrophy, multiple sclerosis, this one's interesting. PTSD, mm-hmm. which can cover a lot of things, HIV and AIDS, Crohn's disease, sickle cell anemia, and Alzheimer's disease. Those are the ones that will currently qualify that are you know, basically you know, kind of a, uh, one no of the top categories. Ask, yeah. It also allows it as treatment for chronic debilitating pain, okay. whatever that is. Okay. Conditions can be added to the list only by the Department of Health, not doctors. So if anything above what's already in the bill wants to be added at some point in the future, has to go through the Department of Health. Derek, I want to make one addition, and this is for all the uh, moms out there that we love, uh, remote learning. <laughs> remote learning. <laughs> if, you, virtual, if your children have exactly, to remote learn, right. you can qualify. Uh, snow days, yeah, or vir- yeah, virtual learning, remote <laughs> nice learning, uh, whatever that is, you know, whenever they have, like, the, you know, when they shut us down for COVID, uh, that's, that should be one too. Oh, oh, oh P- PTSD from remote learning. Well, that's about, you know, PTSD is very, it, 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 it's, it's a broad it, thing. I mean, it's broad. I mean, many different things can cause PTSD. Also, chronic debilitating pain, could also be kind of uh, all-catching. There's, sure. there's a lot of stuff that could qualify for that. So it'll be interesting to see how this works. Again, three grams per month is what you'll be allowed. That's it. Three grams per month, what you're allowed. Uh, we have talked about it, seems like, every show of 2022, and it has happened. Um, you know, it, it, it came to pass. Yeah. You know, it came to pass. I mean, we've, t- we've had several shows kind of all about medical marijuana. So uh, go educate yourself. Learn about that. Um, you know, Google medical marijuana state of Mississippi and, and begin the learning process. I would definitely encourage you to learn uh, possibly both sides. You know what I'm talking about when I say both sides of an issue. Don't just get your news maybe from one outlet that uh, uh, seems to maybe favor your opinion more. So go learn and, and learn all about it. So um, something new going on state of Mississippi two years ago voted 74% to go down this road and they have done it two years later. So very interesting. And Derek, we seem to uh, go into this first advertiser after we talk about medical marijuana every time. And I'm speaking, of course, about Green King. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing their very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure that your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. It's getting closer and closer to spring when it will be time to start mowing that grass again. If that's something you're ready to give up or something you're ready to outsource to a company, there's no company out there better to call than Williams Services, our longtime 
Sponsor, Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. With the ice and the storm that's happening right now, tree trimming and leaf removal may be something that you need here in the near future. And if that's the case, definitely reach out to Richard Williams at Williams Services at 662-292-8855. Again, that's 662-292-8855. Or find more information about Richard and his company at Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Again, that's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference or give them a call at 429-5239. That's 429-5239. They are the official dentists of the UTW podcast. You should consider making them yours. Visit them today to see the DFDC difference. Thank you to Green King, DeSoto Family Dental Care, and Williams Lawn Services for continuing to support the UTW podcast. Well, Derek, we will transition into our DeSoto County shout-outs. I will say this, um, just keeping it very real with Derek, uh, you and I are about to talk about a really shout-out. We're going to continue to talk about really, really uh, important to me and you. And uh, several of our sponsors are sponsoring the Mardi Gras Ball. Yes, they are. So we want to say thank you to them. You know who you are. We definitely appreciate you uh, putting your money up again in support of local Hernando charities. We really do. Before we turn our attention to our shout-outs, though, I definitely want to say this, Derek, as we record on a Thursday at driving over to the studio, hardly anybody on the roads, temperatures are only going to continue to go down further and further. Uh, I saw three police officers on my way over here yeah. and we want to say thank you to those first responders. Thank you to the uh, firemen that can't, you know, can't take the day off and, and the uh, ambulance drivers and all those people that are out there working first responders, trying to keep all of us safe while, um, you know, this weather's crazy moving in and, uh, who knows what the roads look like? Yeah, also the road crews. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all the road maintenance crews doing all that they can to keep the roads clear, to keep the trees, uh, the tree limits picked up as they fall, even the ones you know, statewide on the interstates and that sort of thing. We really do appreciate all you do. And look, and we can all give a shout out to the record services. I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, kind of in the background a lot of the time, but sure. when stuff like this happens, your car gets in the ditch, you, you know, somebody come tow you out, you know, within a reasonable time period, tree falls in the middle of the road, you have to clear it. I think that, you know, one fell this morning. Uh, on 51 and they had it cleaned up within an hour but they had to shut 51 down for a short amount of time so stuff like that just if you see them thank them uh, because that is a a really a thankless job and you're more worried about you know just getting home or or staying warm or how did it affect my power and stuff like that but there are people out there working right now making sure that we still have our heat on our lights on uh, during this cold snap. Let's turn our attention real quick to our DeSoto County shout-outs. And we won't mention the Crew of Fernando one uh, here for just a second, but uh, let's talk about the first one. Coats for Kids will take place February 12th at Latimer Lakes in Horn Lake, 11 to 1. I'm going to have coats there, giving away coats is what I'm talking about. The event's provided by American Fireworks, supported by a number of different people, uh, Oasis Grooming here in Hernando, the Horn Lake Police and Fire Department, DeSoto County Sheriff's Department, and multiple other uh, sponsors will be working coats for kids. I think they have almost 1,000 coats that they're going to be given out wow. on February 12th at Latimer Lakes. If you know a child anywhere in DeSoto County, if getting a coat to a child is important to you, please listen to us. Latimer Lakes, 
February 12th, 11 to 1, free coat. They come out, they pick the coat they want. Don't forget to uh, let everybody know and share that on Facebook for sure. And Matt, uh, we, I know you're about to talk about the crew of Fernando. One other one to uh, be looking for, we're about to have the advertising for probably in the next week or so. The Arts Council, of course, they are very busy they're with back, us. Baby. They're back, baby. Uh, they're coming back. So their first exhibit for this year, for 2022, will be the week of February 21st. Uh, it's going to be Booze, Blues, and Barbecue. Uh, this will be an exhibit coming over from the Delta Blues Museum in Clarksdale, Mississippi. It's going to be displayed in the DeSoto Arts Council, again, the week of February 21st. You'll be hearing more about that. Don't have the exact time or date yet but it's going to be that week it's going to go on for a month through spring break so everybody have a chance to go see that so be uh, looking for that there'll be more information on that probably at the, our show next friday next friday so be looking for that and that's part of the DeSoto Arts Council. We joke around about them being back because they, uh, for the last year, have been a huge part of our Friday shout-outs for DeSoto County nonprofits, absolutely. Well, as Derek teased a second ago, and we will not talk as long as we did about it on Tuesday, but we will always continue to mention it on our Friday shout-outs right up until February 26th. Tickets on sale now, Saturday night, February 26th, 8 p.m. to 12 midnight. The Crew of Fernando 10th Annual Margar Ball. Tickets are on sale, and they are going like hotcakes. If you're interested in tickets, call this number, 901-517-5132. That's 901-517-5132. Or you can pick them up during working hours at the Bank Corp South on Commerce Street or the Guarantee Bank at the Mackinville Commerce Street intersection right there near Walmart. Guarantee Bank at Mackinville and commerce or the bank corp south on commerce or dial the number i just gave you all proceeds benefit hernando charities i will say this and i'll go ahead and, and i don't mind saying this we have surpassed our goal this year for sponsorships we have surpassed our record for sponsorships we're heading towards over forty thousand dollars raised for charity you know we could sit here and talk about the crew of fernando we mentioned dr bryant trotter who was uh, part of the soda family dental care he is the current president and uh, just really a lot of guys uh, stepping up um, gentlemen that are either they either own their own business that are members of our organization or they they work for someone else and they go to their bosses and they say hey i've got something for us to put our money with and uh, we can't thank you enough and we definitely appreciate all the support around her Fernando. Um, but again, Saturday, February 26th, if you don't have your tickets, only 500 tickets will be sold. We will do our best for it to be the best party that you've attended in quite a while. It may be the only party you've attended in the last two years. <laughs> last two years. So it will definitely be the best one so far in 2022. I would, would And also the only one. <laughs> 2022 exactly. so, far. so That's one way to look at it, Derek. But I, you know, we got to think positive, not yeah, negative. Yeah. So we think positive. So look, that's our DeSoto County shout outs. Get out February 12th. Coats for Kids at Latimer Lakes. As Derek mentioned, more information coming about the DeSoto Arts Council and definitely if you're interested in supporting the crew of Fernando we would love to host you at our 10th annual Mardi Gras Ball. And Derek speaking of someone who has stepped up and been a vital part of sponsoring the crew of Fernando Mardi Gras Ball for almost a decade I speak about Holland Insurance. Holland Insurance is located in South Haven however ready to serve anyone in DeSoto County whether it's health, life, property, casualty, auto, any insurance need that you have, Holland Insurance can help. They work with some of the largest companies in the world. I say it every week. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, Nationwide, Liberty Mutual, Cigna. They work with over 40 companies to serve you. They're an independent insurance agency, which means they can pair you with the right company for you based off price, based off needs. Call Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland today. Visit with their team. Tell them your needs and let them help you. Give them a call at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. If you have an insurance license in the state of Mississippi and are looking to work with 
maybe something new, a fast-growing company, Holland Insurance. Give them a call, 662-895-5528. The secret is out. North Point Christian is DeSoto County's most popular private school destination. 211 new students made the switch and became part of the North Point family this year, pushing their enrollment to record levels. Are you interested in making a schooling switch in 2022-2023? North Point will be hosting their next opportunity to preview the point this Tuesday, February 8th at 8.30 a.m. Again, this coming up Tuesday, February 8th at 8.30 a.m. This will be an in-school open house. They encourage prospective families to come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Interested families should reserve their spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. They invite you to get ready to make the switch and join the North Point family. Are you planning to travel this year for spring break or the summer? Now's the time to reach out to Mobile Car and Van Rental, located at the corner of Commerce and McCracken, right here facing I-55, right here in Hernando. Give them a call. Cars, pickup trucks, cargo vans, passenger vans, anything you need. We love an opportunity to work with you. If we can't handle your needs when it comes to car rentals, we maybe know somebody who can. Give us a call at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Derek, uh, this morning, even in the ice, even in the rain, uh, three bookings for the summer. Nice. We would love to serve you, your church, your family. Uh, if you're taking a trip this summer, please reach out. We are booking fast for our vans this summer, 662-469-4555. We'd like to continue to say thank you to Holland Insurance, Mobile Car and Van Rental, and North Point for supporting the UTW podcast. Well, Derek, not a lot of sports to uh, report on uh, as far as uh, last night because or tonight because uh, uh, most things are canceled. Right. However, every team has played since our Tuesday show. Update us on the scores from basketball. But before we do that, we always like to shine a positive light on someone who's carrying on their dream, carrying on to the next level and get their college paid for. We got somebody. Who you got? Christian Gilliland signed with Northeast Community College uh, on Wednesday, which was signing day, I guess national signing day. It used to be the only signing day. Now, of course, you can sign in December or February. And so he signed with Northeast Community College to be on the defensive line. Uh, Matt, this is uh, – I'm very excited for Chris. I've watched Chris grow up. He was – uh, been in Bo's class since they were three years old. Oh, wow. Uh, Chris is a great kid. I mean, he was uh, when he was young, uh, we'd always have like little birthday parties or whatever. You know, the kids, you kind of invite the, the kids are in the class. And uh, wherever it was, Chris always had a ball in his hand. I mean, he was, I mean, he could go between his legs and stuff when he was three years old. And uh, so he was a good basketball player, but it kind of filled out. Um, and so he has a body of a defensive lineman. He, he's, he's a thicker guy. He's, he's yeah, thicker. but that's, you know, What's going to be good for him? He now gets his college paid for, at least two years paid for, uh, to play for the defensive line in Northeast. He had a couple of, I think it was between Northeast and maybe Inawamba, uh, maybe one other junior college. He chose Northeast. So just really excited for him uh, to be going for Boonville uh, to play for Northeast and to kind of watch him over the next two years. Of course, him and Bo are really good friends, so we can kind of watch him or Bo can send me updates next couple of years as he's playing. So congratulations to Chris Gillen uh, on signing with Northeast. Absolutely. Congratulations, Chris. Uh, very proud of you, and good luck over in Boonville uh, being part of the Northeast. Tigers, and I have a feeling we're about to hear his name again. Go. Both North Point teams traveled uh, the long road all the way to South Haven High School uh, to take on the Chargers. Uh, so the girls' game and the girls' game first. North Point jumped out to a big lead, taking a 21 to 7 lead after that first quarter. The Lady Trojans cooled off a little in the second, but still took a 29 to 16 lead into halftime. The lead was extended to 37 18, 
And then the starters were pulled with two minutes left in the fourth as the Lady Trojans cruised to a 57-26 victory over the Lady Chargers. Carrington Edwards led the Trojans with 17, Bethany Wright had 13, and Izzy Carlson had 11. On the boys' side, uh, they took the court and got down 19-14 after the end of the first. South Haven increased the lead to 39-25 in the second as the Trojans' defense could do nothing to stop them. However, that changed in the third quarter as the Trojans started to chip away and pulled within 66-63 in the fourth, but that would be as close as they would get as the Chargers hit a couple of key baskets late and won 70-63. Christian Gilliland, Chris's brother, had 29 points. Grayson Alford had 14, and Darius Naylor had 13. Both Trojan teams are set to play tonight, this will be Friday night, in a district matchup against Harding, followed by a non-conference game tomorrow, Saturday afternoon, against St. Benedict for senior night. Good luck, Trojans, in both set of games. Now, speaking of St. Benedict, uh, the Lewisburg teams played them Tuesday night at home in a non-conference game. The Lady Patriots came out strong and led after the first quarter 15-12. They increased that lead by one heading into halftime with a 28-24 lead. Lewisburg continued to play strong and got up to 49-40 heading into the final frame. With four minutes left in the game, the Lady Patriots still led 51-44. However, the Lady Eagles cut that to 54-51 with a minute 27 left, and then the Lady Eagles took a three-point lead with just a few seconds left to go. Haley Hodges for the Lady Patriots hits a three as time expires and sends the game into overtime. The teams went back and forth in the first overtime, and that was still not enough to settle the game as it went to a second overtime. In the second overtime, the Lady Eagles took a four-point lead with two minutes to play, and the Lady Patriots cut it to two with one minute left. But the Lady Patriots could not pull it out and came up short 68-63 to in double overtime. Allie Carroll led Lewisburg with 26 points. On the boys' side, the Eagles jumped out to a 21-12 lead after the first. That lead was extended as the Patriots have trouble getting baskets in the second and are down 46-24 at the half. The Eagles then extend the lead even further to 75-47 at the end of the third. And, Matt, they finish off the route 94-64 over the Lewisburg Patriots. Uh, there were no stats given for Lewisburg, uh, just the just the final score of 94 to 64. Patriots are struggling on the defensive side. It, it <laughs> sounds like I mean, 94 in a regular time high yeah, school absolutely. basketball game is a lot of yes. points. Lewisburg will now take on Hernando next. And this was a game that was supposed to be played tonight, uh, but of course that has now been postponed to either Friday or Saturday. Time not yet determined, uh, but that will host Hernando uh, in a non-conference game for senior night. The Hernando teams faced off against Isle Branch in non-conference matchup. That was going to be a tough test for both Tiger teams. The girls tipped off first and were down 15-12 at the end of the first. Hernando held strong at the half, only down 39-37. That's pretty good. However, Isle Branch started to pull away in the third and finished it off winning 72-57. Demiah Cummings had 20 points, and Abby Harrison and Janiah Nettles both had 12 each. On the and Hernan- real quick, that was, and it was like you said, it was senior night. So congratulations to all the seniors, both girls and boys. But again, that was not a district game, which is the key right there. Not a district not game. A district no. game. So they, they, they've won the last. I think the girls the last won the last right. three or four district games. Correct. Uh, and so they are still well on their way. On the Hernando boys, boys took the court, determined to show a two-loss Olive Branch team that they were going to have a tough fight on their hands. Unfortunately, it did not end up that way. <laughs> Hernando was down ten after the first quarter, and then down forty-eight twenty-eight at the half. Olive Branch got the lead up to 25 after the third and coasted to an 86-63 victory. 
Both Tiger teams, again, will take on Lewisburg, as mentioned before, for Lewisburg's senior night. And we will be here ready to uh, cover that, the uh, Lewisburg-Hernando matchup, and then also the uh, North Point Lady Trojans and Trojans uh, playing those games. So we definitely look forward to you know covering that. And congratulations to the seniors. Uh, didn't go the way you'd like for it to go on a senior night, but still, the Hernando Lady Tigers should make the playoffs, and we can cover that coming up pretty soon. And, and Matt, that's, I'm glad you brought the playoffs. This uh, Next week are the district tournaments. Uh, North Point has two more regular season district games, and then the tournament starts next starts next weekend. Uh, I believe the public school tournaments start next week also. And we will definitely be ready to cover all of that for the Hernando Tigers, the Lewisburg Patriots, and the North Point Trojans. We look forward to doing that. If you enjoy our show, if you enjoy what we do every week, uh, if you basically uh, feel very um, loyal to me and Derek for just coming in and committing – in the uh, the dangerous roads, oh man, dodging tree limbs, dodge, left exactly and right. ice, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know what? Thank you for uh, listening to our show and uh, seeing how committed we are to our listeners. We really appreciate because again, there are a lot of podcasts in Hernando you could listen to, and we appreciate you being a fan of the UTW podcast. And if you really really enjoy it, be sure and share it with friends and family. And also find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Wherever you can hear our show. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Give us a thumbs up. That helps us move up the ranks of local podcasts. If you enjoy our show, please look for OB Pod covering the eastern side of DeSoto County, covering athletics at Lewisburg, Center Hill, and Olive Branch. OB Pod. Well, at the end of every Friday show, we definitely encourage people to visit their local church this weekend. Maybe a church that you pass by on your way back and forth to work. Maybe it's a, a church of a, a friend or family member that's invited you. Please consider taking them up. We feel like here at the UTW Podcast, it'll be well worth your time. Absolutely. Well, be safe uh, during the ice, Derek. And uh, if we make it back on Tuesday, we plan to have a show. Well, we plan to have a show unless we <laughs> unless we were without power for the next four days. God forbid, we will be here and ready to ready to. Yeah, we need to be charging our computer, make sure we can still get our show out because so many people just rely on us for. As the top podcast in Hernando, we definitely need to do that. Oh, it's top. You think it's a top one? I'm gonna say it's top. Okay, you know what? Yeah, we we got to believe in ourselves. Our top. analytics say top. <laughs> well, there's nothing else. I'm Matt and I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. Listen. All you wanna do.